Welcome, everybody, to Off the Cuff. I am Adam Banks. Thank you for listening to the show. I just got back from a weekend camping trip with my friends from Moorhead. It was a good time. And the reason I have such a good time is because I don't really get to see my Moorhead friends all that much anymore. And the friends that I made at Moorhead were some of the best friends that I ever made. So whenever we can get some time to get together, hang out, it's always fun. And we always go on this annual camping trip. And the camping trip that we go on, it's real camping. You have to set up tents. You have to have a sleeping bag. You have to bring food with you. You're, there's no electricity. There's no cell phone service. Uh, everything, if you're going to drink water, it's going to have to be natural water. Or you're going to have to bring it with you. The campsite that we actually camp on, you got to drive your vehicle to a parking, to a, like a gravel parking lot. And then get on a canoe and paddle your way to the campsite. So, the camping that we do is real fun. We had a good time. A real good time. And I've done episodes on Off the Cuff before talking about me getting back from my camping trip. I'm not the most outdoors-y person, but I do love being outdoors. It's kind of cool just to, you know, drop off the grid for a little while with no cell phone service. When you can go a couple days without no cell phone service, it really opens your eyes up to a lot of different things. Because we focus so much on our phones, our minds are on our phones. It's almost like our phones has this certain type of energy that draws us to our phones when it's around us. We're tempted to look at it. We're tempted to go through it. When you know you don't have any service and there's no point to even have your phone, uh, you forget about it and you get used to it. It takes about one or two days to get past not having the phone, but once you're past it, I mean, it really doesn't bother you anymore. So... Got off the grid for a couple days, went camping, had a good time with my friends. Um, Look forward to doing it again. Last week, Nellie did her final broadcast as the official co-host of Off the Cuff. So this is the first episode that I am doing this podcast without a co-host. And it's just, it's very strange. And it's weird. And I'm going to sound a little down in this episode because I am down. I lost somebody who I've been here with since the beginning, and it just feels different. I look over at where Nellie normally sits. Right now, I'm looking at where Nellie normally sits, and she's not there, and I don't like it. I don't like it at all, and when I look at the podcast as a whole, I noticed that when I put the podcast on iTunes, you have to select a category for it to go under. I selected comedy because Off the Cuff started out as pure comedy because Nellie and I would talk about so many funny things. And when you have two people like Nellie and I bantering back and forth with each other, you're bound to get some comedy in there. And when you go back and listen to the earlier episodes of Off the Cuff, they're all – funny. They just have comedic magic to it. And that's what we created together was just a good time. And people loved it. People laughed at it. And so many people told me that I was very lucky to have Nellie as the co-host. And you're not telling me anything that I didn't already know. Nellie was an amazing co-host. And it was hard to really accept the fact that she was leaving when she first told me. When she told me that she was leaving, I didn't like the news at all. I didn't. 
I tried everything in the world to get her to stay, but she made up her mind that that's what she was going to do. She was going to move to be closer with her daughter and her granddaughter and her son-in-law. And I just told her that the door is always open if she ever wants to come back. If Nellie ever wants to return and be the co-host of Off the Cuff, she's absolutely welcome to do that because I just couldn't imagine turning her down. She, I, Something that I am is, is loyal. I'm a loyal person. I'm a loyal friend. And I like to think that Nellie knows that if she ever wanted to come back, she can. So Nellie... Even though you'd never listen to the show unless you were on it, if you for some reason are listening now, you're welcome back. You are welcome back to the show. I want to do an NBA podcast today uh, to talk about round two of the NBA playoffs. I've heard mixed emotions, mixed reviews of how the playoffs have been going. Some people say it's been interesting. Some people say it's been boring. You know, I'm indifferent. I think that the playoffs have... Uh, it's kind of been uh, wishy-washy as far as good and bad. Uh, LeBron James is complete domination. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers are undefeated going into round three. They swept Toronto. They swept the Pacers. LeBron James has had a long peak. He's still in his peak, still at the top of his game, because LeBron James right now is playing some of the best basketball that he has ever played. And... It's it's amazing and absurd to me that he is not even being considered as the MVP because the MVP is the most valuable player, the best player. That is clearly LeBron James. LeBron, what, is 34, 33, a complete phenom, still at the top of his game. I think that Cleveland Cavaliers could without a doubt, win another world title. And LeBron James, if he wins a fourth title, he is going to be in the conversation as being the greatest of all time. Now, I am a Michael Jordan fan through and through, and I still think that Michael is the greatest player to ever play the game of basketball. He just is such an iconic figure. And if you just look at Jordan, the basketball player, take away his brand, take away the iconic images of Jordan and his logo and his shoes and and his name and his legacy and the movies that he was in. You take all that away and you just put Jordan talent. You still have magic. You still have magnificent talent exuberating from that man. The way he would just play basketball, it was like he would just float in the air. He flew, hence the name Air Jordan. The way he would just move on the court, the way he would maneuver around players, his his IQ of basketball was just so unreal. And LeBron is the second best player. I mean, you got an absolute beast out there on the court who can do everything distinguishedly. Pass the ball, rebound the ball, shoot the ball. He makes everybody around him better. But I do think that Michael Jordan is just a slight it better than LeBron. But that's, a, I could do a whole podcast on who's better, LeBron versus Jordan. But LeBron right now is playing the best basketball that I've seen him play in a long time because he is sweeping these teams. And 
not only is he sweeping these teams, but he's doing it by a good margin. And LeBron, if he gets a fourth one, I mean, that speaks volumes. That speaks volumes. That means that this right now is his sixth playoff. And if he wins four out of six, I mean, wow. He's got to be in the conversation as the greatest. And I can see why people would say he was the greatest. I don't think you're an idiot. I don't think you're a fool for saying that LeBron James is the greatest. I laugh at people when they hear me say Michael Jordan is the greatest and they say I'm dumb for saying that or they say I don't know sports or I don't know basketball. Either one that you pick, any, mini, mighty, mo, Jordan or LeBron, that is not a stupid decision. That is not a stupid choice, an ignorant uh, player to choose. You're not ignorant for choosing either one. They're both very talented basketball players. Uh, but I think LeBron and Cleveland are going to make it all the way to the NBA Finals. And uh, I just think that the whole Finals is going to be worth it because we're going to see Golden State playing with them. And think about that series, Golden State versus Cleveland Cavaliers. That is going to be a high-rated game. That is going to be a game that people are going to watch, want to watch. Curry versus LeBron. If Curry wins another championship, what does that say about him? Two titles. Kevin Durant's first. It's. I don't want to see Golden State win a championship because Kevin Durant just gets on my nerves. He left Russell Westbrook and the Thunder. He left a good situation and went to Golden State because he thought that Curry could do it better than what Russ could do it. And, you know, I mean, look, the Thunder went out. Golden State obviously is still in. So did Durant make a smart decision. Could have could the Warriors have made it to this point without Kevin Durant? Mm, I don't know. Up to this point, pure speculation. I think they probably would be up to this situation, but I don't know if they could make it all the way to the finals because the Spurs are going to give them a run for their money. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs, man, they you got to watch out for them when it comes to the playoffs. You know, uh, Greg Popovich, one of the greatest coaches in the history of the game of basketball, one of the greatest coaches in the, of, of all time in the NBA, is now about to win another conference or is now competing for another conference final. Greg Popovich is a guy you really got to watch out for. I mean, as far as jerking the rug out from under you. The Warriors got to be careful. And I think that that's going to be a really interesting series because if there is a team that could beat the Warriors, if not the Cleveland Cavaliers, it is the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, but it's it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see how all that plays out. Uh, also, want to talk about the NBA draft lottery. I got a chance to watch a little bit of that. I think that the Boston Celtics, seeing is that they received the number one pick. They're going to be so good. If they don't mess it up and they make the right decision, they are going to be such a good franchise. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers got the second pick. 
Magic Johnson seemed very pleased with that. I think the second pick is always a good pick if there's not a defiant, dominant number one pick. Because that's the only time you really want the number one pick is when there's just a player that everyone knows without a doubt that this player should be number one. I'm talking people like John Wall, people like Shaquille O'Neal, people like LeBron James. You know that players like that coming out of high school in the past or coming off of their freshman year of college are going to be the number one picks. That's the only time the number one pick is really the best pick to have. Number two, I like the number two pick. If I was an owner, the number two pick would not be a bad pick because you just take the second best player. Pressure's off. Sometimes you have, when you don't have a defiant number one pick, there's usually two or three or one or two that could be the number one. You just take the other. And the second pick could always turn out to be the best pick. The top three people, I guess the top five, let's say the top five players in the draft is Markel Fultz at number one, LeVar Ball at two, uh, Josh Jackson at three, uh, Jason Tatum at four, and De'Aaron Fox at five. I think the best point guard in the draft is De'Aaron Fox. I think that if the Boston Celtics pass on De'Aaron Fox, they're insane. Same goes for the Lakers or Philadelphia or the fourth pick Phoenix Suns. If they let Fox slip all the way to five, the Sacramento Kings, which gets the fifth pick, in my eyes has stolen a number one draft pick. De'Aaron Fox not only is the best point guard in the draft, I think he is the overall best player in the draft. Now, with that being said, the draft class this year, not very strong, but De'Aaron Fox, I see as a franchise player. He has the look, he has the attitude, he has the personality, he has the ability to be a franchise player. And I don't understand why people say Markel Fultz and Lonzo Ball is better than Fox. What makes them better than Fox? Lonzo Ball and his father, LeVar Ball, are two of the most egotistical people on the planet. Now, I say that because really LeVar Ball, the father of Lonzo, LeVar is very much into himself. I think he loves his son, but I also think he exploits his son. I think he uses his son for his own business ventures. He wants to be famous. He wants to be rich. He wants to be just this famous marketer. And he's using his son to do it. He's very much like Chris Kardashian of the Kardashian Empire. He wants to build an empire using the the you know his his family, his sons. How Chris Jenner used her daughters Lonzo Ball wants to use his sons. Don't be surprised if you don't see LeVar Ball and his family getting a reality show. Because that man, if I can say one thing about him, he that's that's a compliment. It is he is a hustler. And he does go after things that he wants very aggressively. And I think that he is going to at all costs pursue any type of business venture that's going to bring him money and fame.
And a reality show helps nine times out of ten. It brings so much attention to your name, and it helps build your brand, and that's what he wants. So I predict a reality show for the Ball family in the future. I do think that wherever Lonzo Ball ends up, whether it's in L.A., whether it's in Phoenix, Boston, Orlando, Philadelphia, wherever he ends up, I think that LeVar Ball is going to really push the big baller brand. Now, how well do I think those shoes are going to sell, $550, $600? I don't know. You know, it's ridiculous. I don't see it lasting very long. But I do think it's going to have a fad. I do think some people are going to buy it because it's going to be a shoe that is well-known, overpriced, and people who wear them are obviously going to be people who dropped a lot of money on it. So people who are into being bougie and acting like they have a lot of money might be into buying those shoes. But LeVar wants Lonzo to go to Los Angeles so bad because he knows that L.A. is the land of dreams. It's the place where you go to become famous and be a marketer. And he can multiply his empire that he wants to build in L.A. And he knows that. And he can do that better in L.A. than anywhere else. So I wonder if he doesn't go to L.A., how LeVar Ball is going to act. If Lonzo does not get drafted by the Lakers, and I think that is a very good possibility because do not think that Magic Johnson is a stupid man who's just a baller who knew how to ball out. That man is a brilliant businessman. He's made himself a multimillionaire and has built a billion-dollar company off of his business sense. So Magic is not a stupid man. I think as the owner of the Lakers, I think that with his business sense and also his ability uh, and and uh, to scout talent and his knowledge of the game, I think that Magic will not make a bad decision on the second pick. I think that whoever Magic picks, I think you should trust. Whether it's who I say or not, I think you should trust Magic Johnson as far as who to pick. Because I think that that man knows business and knows basketball. And that makes the perfect owner. So with that being said, I don't think that he will necessarily pick Lonzo Ball. I could very much see De'Aaron Fox being an L.A. Laker. I've heard through the grapevine that De'Aaron has tried out for the Los Angeles Lakers specifically because Magic Johnson wanted to see him. I think it's between Fox and Lonzo Ball. Now, we've seen Lonzo and Fox go at it one-on-one. Fox kills him every single time. They've done it. They've played each other twice. Fox worked him on the court twice. So, if they have a head-to-head during a Laker tryout, Fox is going to do it again. So, it's really going to be funny to see how LeVar Ball acts if De'Aaron Fox's, uh, Kentucky's De'Aaron Fox goes to the Lakers. It will be hilarious to see how that turns out. Boston Celtics. Uh, now, if they choose Markel Fultz, I'm not saying it's a bad pick. I'm not saying that they're, they're getting a bad player. I just think they could have a better pick slash player if they go with De'Aaron Fox. He's just clearly the better player. But Boston is going to be fine because they're well coached by Brad Stevens. I think Brad is 
He's one of the best coaches in the game. And I liked him in college when he was at Butler, and I like him now in the NBA. I just think that he he knows what he's doing. And I love seeing coaches get into the game and coach because a lot of times NBA coaches, they just kind of are there to give pep talks. They don't really get into the game and coach. And Brad Stevens gets in the game and he coaches. And I love that about him. But I think the Boston Celtics are going to be fine either way. This number one draft pick is going to help them a lot. Because Isaiah Thomas is not going to stay point guard for the Celtics for a long time. He's going to be wanting some moolah here in the next couple months. And because he's getting good and they're not going to be able to afford him. And I think he's just going to want to go somewhere else. And they're going to get rid of him and they need to bring in somebody promising. I wonder how much influence a coach has in the decision of who they get. I'm sure that when they are discussing, when the owners and the uh, administration is discussing the talent in the team, I'm sure the coach has to be in the meetings, right? I mean, he's with the team every day. He sees them practice. He knows where they are as a team as far as how they play on the court. He should be the main opinion of the meeting. But I wonder how that works. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening to the show. This has been Adam Banks doing an NBA podcast over the playoffs. Round two. We'll be back with more episodes here on Off the Cuff to discuss the NBA and lots more. We'll see you in the next episode.